Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place. I'm joined here, as always, with my co-hosts, Ben and Colin. On today's episode, we have a lot to talk about um, because I don't know if you boys have checked your calendars or not, but this is March. We are officially in March, one of the best times, if not the best time for sports. Brackets are out. Baseball is back, and Brady is unretired. Let's start with that. I was surprised, but I wasn't completely shocked. I believe his total retirement lasted, I believe, 39 days. Um, He always kind of felt the way he went out. It was kind of weird with, like, the ESPN reporting it, and then he wasn't sure yet. Um, I also just always kind of had this weird thought that he would go out, at least after playing in a Super Bowl. I mean, he didn't even get to the NFC Championship last year because of the loss to the Rams. So – um, I, I kind of just did not seem like the right time. I don't think he plays more than one to two more years max. There's this weird trend with Brady the last like seven or eight years. Not even weird. It's actually insane. The year after he loses a playoff game, he's back in the Super Bowl the next year winning his Super Bowl. I believe it's the past. Like, I mean, if you look at the trend when he hasn't won the Super Bowl the year after that, he comes back and wins it. So, um, I mean, if you keep going off that, it's, it's, it makes sense for him to come back and play this final season, uh, fi- not necessarily final season, but another season. And um, if you look at the NFC as a whole, I mean, it depends on what the Buccaneers do the rest of this offseason. But right now, it's really them, the Rams, and the Packers. And there's a steep fall off after that. I'd argue Buccaneers are probably better than the Packers, depending on how the rest of this offseason goes. I mean, the Packers have already lost to Darius Smith. Um, they have to work out the Devontae the, Devont- the Adams situation. And we'll see how the rest of their roster fills out. Um, Rams are going to be really good again, but there's definitely a window there for Tampa Bay to, to come back to come back and compete for Super Bowl. So it makes a lot of sense. I'd like to say this is like Tom looking at the NFC, seeing the NFC South. I mean, his division is shit. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the Saints. The Panthers are a mess. The Falcons are the Falcons. None of them have good quarterbacks right now. And the NFC as a whole, I mean. Aaron Rodgers is back, but other than that, uh, them and the Rams, maybe there's not any serious threats in the NFC. I think, I, I think though, Tom just woke up one morning and was like, holy shit, I'm in great condition still. Um, he's moving his arms around. He, he got a good pump in. He's not feeling sore. Tom is still in great condition. Um, he loves the game too much. He misses the game. Uh, I and what a great time to do it because now the Buccaneers have uh, a chance to bring back all these free agents. I know Ali Marpet said he's not coming back, and they did lose the other guard, but they just signed a uh, cornerback. Help me out. Some what's the cornerback they just signed? Carlton Davis. Yeah, that's a name. They just signed him to a three-year deal. And um, they franchise tag Chris Godwin. So I think there's a realistic shot they can bring back a majority of these free agents and weapons for Tom. And I'm excited he's back personally because the game would not have felt right without him next year. Yeah. No, you're right. It was Carlton Davis. I, I pretty much said it from the beginning. I did not think Brady um, – I wasn't going to believe that he was retired until week one started and the Buccaneers – we're not starting, or if they were going to start like Blaine Gabbert, then I'd be like, okay, he's done. I, it, Tom, Tom's just going to die on the football 
backfield. I honestly think so. Um, I'm I I can't make any more predictions how long I think he's gonna play. It could be two more years. What is he like? Forty five next year. He'll be forty five at the start of the season. Yeah, he'll be forty five at the start of next season. Plays two more years. He's forty seven. Honestly, I think he's got a shot at fifty. I do not see him leaving that football field under his own power. He's either going to go out like a Super Bowl or he's literally going to have to play a game in Washington and he'll end up hurting himself and he'll be done. Just any game in Washington. If they Just play any game in Washington, you should sit out. because no Don't even travel. That's a hell of a home field advantage for Washington. It's the intimidation factor for opposing quarterbacks. Well, it's hurt them as more than it's hurt other players, RG3, uh, Joe Theismann, Alex Smith. They're they're planning, Young. they're planning to take out Carson Wentz this year. Oh, my God. I didn't even put that together. Yeah, that was the other news. Uh, Commanders got Carson Wentz. Yeah, a little uh, – there's been so much going on in sports. I personally forgot about um, the NFL free agency. And we have Khalil Mack as a charger. We have what else? Didn't Bridgewater just sign somewhere? Miami. Miami. Uh Aaron Rodgers is back. Um oh Amari Cooper uh to the Browns. Um JC Jackson of the Chargers. Yes. Yes. Um what else? Mitch Trubisky to the Steelers. Mitch, yes. Kissing titties. And then uh, the most shocking one to me was Christian Kirk to the Jags. The amount of money he got, he's getting like around $20 million a year. It's insane. Especially after that deal too. Especially after the contract that uh, um, Michael Gallup signed yesterday. I mean, that seems to me like much more the standard, I think, for a player of Christian Kirk's cal- caliber. And then to see the Kirk contract, I mean, here's either two things are going to happen. That's just going to be a complete outlier overpay by Jacksonville or it'll reset the market and make all these other people receive massive contracts. I, I, I will see, but I honestly think we're going to look back and that Kirk contract is going to be an outlier and a massive overpay. Um, I think if it was a star player, player maybe it would be different. I don't, it's, it's really interesting to me. I don't, I, I know everyone is saying like, wow, these other star receivers, Devontae, all these up-and-comers in a couple years like Jefferson and Chase, like this is going to reset the market and make it implode. But at the same point in time, it's like I think it's just a badly run organization doing bad business. I mean, all these Kirk fully guaranteed contracts for the Vikings haven't reshaped the quarterback market. I mean, he's still really the only one getting the fully guaranteed contracts and the Vikings keep giving them to him. So I don't – I don't think this necessarily Chris Christian Kirk deal is going to completely change wide receiver contracts for the future, but I could be wrong. We'll just have to see. Although let's look at the positives here for Jacksonville. You know, you got Trevor Lawrence. What did they do so far in the off season? They gave him Doug Peterson. I see that as a win. They gave him a veteran receiver. Well, yeah, I guess he's a veteran receiver now. Um, that's a win. They get Travis Etienne back and they're getting him an offensive line. So um clearly they know uh or they they had a goal going into this offseason they had a plan and it looks like they're executing that plan so far the biggest spenders of free agency almost similarly to how the bengals were a couple years back yeah i think it's it's fair um i don't think the receiving core that jacksonville has will ever be comparable to the one that the bengals put out for joe burrow but i get your point 
Yeah, they, they have, uh, I think they were top three in cap space. Um, and they're just trying to build around their young quarterback. They're finally giving him some weapons so he doesn't go out there and get killed next year. Good, good. But, yeah, no, I've, I've always been a little high on Christian Kirk. He's a really talented receiver. He's just in that offense in uh, Arizona. He hasn't really had that chance to shine. I mean, he was behind – uh, Fitzgerald for a while, and now he's behind D-Hop. Um, I do not think he'll be a one, a wide receiver one, and although he is getting paid like a one, I definitely see Christian Kirk as like a middle-of-the-road uh, like wide receiver two upside. Yes. So Th- that's how I see Christian Kirk. I think, um, Christian, I think what you either need to have like – you can you can function in this league with two really good wide receiver twos. And I guess you can talk yourself into Christian Kirk being one of those two wide receiver twos, but it's like I don't think Christian Kirk can ever really be a one. No, like, I think. And who do they have now? They have Chanel and what Marvin Jones. I don't yeah. think Marvin Jones is a one at this point in his career. Oh. I know Chanel's young, but I'm I'm not really high on Chanel. I'm not either anymore. Marvin yeah. Jones is still a nice guy to have around, and they oh, yeah. just got uh, Evan Ingram, which is, I mean, yep. he's not going to have definitely ETN back. They, they, uh, they still got James Robinson, right? Or my, did I forget something? Yes, they do. Yeah, just Brandon, Brandon Sheriff is a big time pickup at guard, one of the best guards in the league, multi time Pro Bowler. I think if uh, if Houston gets rid of Deshaun, which they will at some point. Um, Indy doesn't really have a quarterback replacement um, for Wentz yet, and then you have uh, uh, the Titans with Tannehill. We knew he wasn't great in that playoff game, but they still have Derrick Henry. I still think if Jacksonville can stay healthy, I'm a big Doug Peterson guy. Lawrence finished the wheel year on a good note. Um, I think Jacksonville can be a little frisky next year. I think they'll be more competitive. I mean, if you look at it right now, I mean, Andy doesn't even have a quarterback. I mean, I can talk about it all day long about how stupid that Wentz move was because even though Wentz kind of sucks, he's better than whoever they have on their roster. And I think he's better than Mariota, which is basically what's left in free agency. Maybe Winston, but I don't think he leaves New Orleans. So looking at that way, and then you obviously know Houston is not in a great spot. I mean, Jacksonville could compete for second place in this division. I mean, I don't want to say that because Indy's roster as a whole is still miles better. It's just they don't have a quarterback. So um, I think you're you right. Can't win without a quarterback. They'll be frisky within their own division. So, and then speaking of the Watson news too, I mean, reportedly of one of the guys for the Houston Chronicle, I guess, who's pretty involved with the team. I don't know how it just came out like an hour ago that Watson is turned down every offer that isn't the uh, Saints or Panthers. So. Mm. We'll have to see where that ends up. I just think the Saints make much more sense. I think so many teams make much more sense than the Panthers, but the Panthers, I think, are also the most willing. I think if the Texans could choose, they would send them to the Panthers because I think the Panthers are going to send back the biggest haul and, like, really want to go all in. But the Panthers have a lot of holes. They're losing more pieces on that defense already through free agency, and they're not going to have any picks to supplement that, whereas the Saints – you're going to have to give up a couple of players, obviously, but I still think the roster is much more filled out and they could survive. If the Saints were able to make that move and still keep together what is a good O-line and weapons 
least in Kamara and Thomas on offense, I think they could be very formidable. Whereas uh, Carolina does not have really a good wide receiver two or an offensive line. Not that the Saints have a wide receiver two, but I think the Saints. But at the moment, the Saints, like if they made that move, they would not have the cap flexibility that maybe some other teams would have to continue to build around that roster. No. Yeah. But I think for, well, for both teams, I think, the move makes a lot more sense um, before Brady unretires. Now it's – I feel like because if Brady was not to come back, Brady stayed retired, and it's essentially a bidding war between two teams in the same division with not a lot of upside, I feel like you're more likely to give more up, give up more picks, move up more capital players because um, you know – having a guy like Deshaun Watson be the difference between finishing third or finishing first in your division. Now you give up anything you want for Deshaun. It's not a guarantee you end up first place and second place. You're, you know, fighting for a wild card spot. And uh, I think that definitely changes the mindsets for both new Orleans and um, Carolina, because I do think if Deshaun goes to either of those teams, uh, I think they become, about like a five six seed, maybe I would still pick the Bucks to win the division. Um, but I just off the top of my head, a five six seed in the NFC. Yeah, I mean it's a. You're right. It definitely changes because when Brady's gone, it's like holy shit, we can go in that division. If they're starting Kyle Trask or Blaine Gabbert at quarterback, it's like that division is definitely winnable. I'd like to think though, if Brady didn't come back, they would have found someone a little bit better than them. Maybe like a maybe yeah. like a Petty Bridgewater bridge quarterback. I don't know. But yeah, Brady's back. Um that could derail their plans. I mean, what do you do if you're a Carolina? I mean your roster isn't or even a I mean the Saints don't have much money to work with. Do they go for a younger quarterback now or do they stick with a James Winston? I don't know. I think it also kind of depends on the draft who's gonna fall to the Saints. Saints what just missed the playoffs last year, so they're probably going to get picking like the high twenties. Um, yeah. Who's going to be there? I doubt Pickett. I doubt. Uh, uh, what's the one dude's name? Malik Willis or Malik Willis. I doubt he'll be there. And at that point, you're thinking: Do you go Ritter? Do you go? Um, God, I don't even know who's left. It's kind of an underwhelming quarterback draft class. Matt Corral is there. Corral, yeah. I could see them getting corral, um, but I just don't know how they can play in their offense. New head coach. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I don't know. But we have all offseason to talk about football. There's something I want to talk about. Baseball is so bad. I'm checking out um, for the episode. See you guys next week. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in a second. But um, a bit of surprise on what was it, Monday? No, not what is today's Monday? Today's Monday. I don't even know Thursday. what day it was. It was Thursday. Thursday. It's hard it to Thursday. Tell. Yeah. Whew. I was on spring break, so I'm a little I'm still recovering from that. Um, but yeah, no. Thursday, news broke that it was likely a deal was to be reached, and it, eventually there was. And immediately teams started making moves. Um, not a ton of big ones except for the Cincinnati Reds, 
And it news broke just before this podcast that they gave up um, all-star Cincinnati native Jesse Winker to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Eugenio Suarez was also a uh, piece in that deal. And uh, the Reds also got rid of Sonny Gray uh, last night to the Twins. So the Reds are in full sell mode. Um, I'd be interested to see if they try and move any other pieces, maybe like a Votto, uh, maybe who else do they have still? I think it, you have to at this point. I don't know if Votto does just because he's older, but I think at this point you have to move Castillo and Mally. I mean, both young pitchers with upside. The thing is, I don't trust the Reds front office to get full value in return because they don't see players for their value on the field. They see them for what they're making in the money. Sum. So, I mean, yeah. they cared so much about Eugenio Suarez's contract that they were willing to give up the best hitter that they had on the roster, which just speaks volumes about the current state. That's, I mean, like if they don't care about the state of the team. Why should I care at this point? So that's I'm pretty checked out as of right now. I mean, for mm-hmm. a team that I've watched now, I mean, what is it, 2022? I The first season I really remember was 2011, so 11 years basically. And to just have a team that consistently does not care about winning, it just sucks. Um, it sucks that that's how baseball teams are run. It's not just the Reds, too. I mean, it's all over baseball and we talk about it all the time. But to open up – to go through this really long and terrible rebuild from like 20. 15 to 2019 basically and then to have your window open for two years and then decide yeah we're done I just think is really terrible for baseball um I'm a person who loves seeing the stands filled but I would not be upset it's it's never going to happen because there's too many old heads who think what Bob Castellini doing is okay but it would not bother me whatsoever people just stop going to games but that won't happen because it just sucks that like so many people realize that so like things like casting these other owners are doing is wrong, but then there's like the old heads that just think it's completely fine and care more about the money that will always support these owners. And that really sucks because they take that support for granted and don't look at the thing as a whole. I'm very jealous of the LA's and the New York's that will always go for it no matter what. And like, I get the whole small market thing, but honestly, I think that's more of a myth um, than like something that should actually impact. I mean, the, the, they had the money and they just, it's the care, the caring factor wasn't there. So sell the team. Sell the team. I love it. Um, yeah. Uh, you could always come join the North Siders. I know you've been leaning that way for a couple of years now. We'd be <laughs> uh, happy to take you then. I mean, the, I mean, they care more than Castellini, I guess. It seems like Cubs fans aren't always the happiest with the Rickets, but uh, they care far yeah, more than. Yeah, I can I can talk about that a little. Um, even before the lockout, the Cubs were in the mix for Carlos Correa, uh, arguably uh, the best free agent. You can make the case with Freeman, um, but at a premier position, Carlos Correa, a guy who can play elite defense and hit thirty homers. And uh, hit close to 300, I think, is a very is a game changer for any position, unless shortstop. And uh, you know, there's rumors out there that he wanted over 300 million over a uh, 10 year deal. The Rickets weren't willing to do that, and the guy they decided to sign, uh, Andrelton Simmons, uh, not not great. I don't. My thing was. 
signing Correa to the Cubs didn't make a lot of sense, but with the universal DH, you could kind of play around with it because we got Madrigal. Madrigal's going to be playing second base. Nico Horner hasn't been bad. He just hasn't been healthy. I think if you give him a full 162, he'll be a, a an above-average defender and probably a middle-of-the-pack hitter at second base. Or, excuse me, at shortstop. Where are you going to put Correa? Are you going to put Correa at third? Because that's where you have wisdom. Wisdom hit over 30 homers last year. You're going to move someone over to first? Schwindel hit over 300 in the second half. Are you going to move one of them to DH? They're all kind of decent defenders. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, so why should sign a shortstop like Andrew Simmons, who has to play the field to be, you know, effective because he's a one of the greatest defenders of our generation? I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. That's the point I'm trying to come across. If you're gonna sign a utility shortstop for four million, why don't you go spend that on a like another reliever or a starter? Because our rotation isn't that deep. I don't know. I'm nitpicking. Cubs are four, though. I'm in the same page with you. It doesn't <laughs> totally make a lot of sense with me, but, I mean, it's adding is better than subtracting at this point. Another thing, too, is I'm – obviously, the trade from of Winker and Suarez, there's some promise in those prospects. And originally, it seemed as if the player to be named later in the deal was, like, a big deal. But the fact that the Mariners have reported, like – it's either a player name later or cast considerations gives me absolutely zero hope because knowing the Reds, it will end up being the cast consideration. So I don't buy that this player to be named later is of like any importance whatsoever. We'll have to see, but I'm not holding up as much hope as I will, which is, it is really interesting. There are multiple, like, you know, those like sites where you can like plug in like the trade machine, it gives you the total value. There are a couple that say um, that the Reds actually didn't do as bad as it looks because they value Winker as a platoon hitter. But I, I if I think this is bigger than just looking at it from the numbers. I think the Reds get significantly worse for the next multiple years. I'm much more upset about this trade than I was the Sunny Gray trade because the Reds have shown to be pretty good at developing pitchers, at least over the last five or six years. And to get a 19-year-old, 18-year-old pitcher who I know he does not have any experience, but you can't teach throwing 102 or whatever he was throwing in high school. You can't teach that. Yeah. And I do have some confidence that he will develop long-term. I'm not going to see him until I'm like two years out of college, but that one doesn't hurt me as much because you knew they weren't going to compete. So, and Sonny Gray is getting older. So that one doesn't bother me as much. This one, it's like Winker was a long-term answer. I mean, he's in his mid twenties or whatever he's in. I mean, that's a guy you can play in left field for the next decade. So that really, it just, it just sucks. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. Um, but regardless about our teams, we can talk about some of the moves made around the league so far. Uh, the White Sox signed Joe Kelly. Um, that'll be a very fun move to see. Um, I'm already locking in um, White Sox most benches clearing moments uh, next season. I, I sure hope so, man. He fits he fits the city very well. He does. Um, the only thing that kind of shocked me was I think you overpaid for him. He's been good. How much? But he's north of – I saw two years, 17 mil. Oh, that's hefty. That's uh, that's quite a lot for – let's be honest. You still have Crochet, Hendricks, Kimbrell, and, I mean, Kopech probably going to be a starter now. 
Yeah. Um, 17 million for a guy that's going to be potentially your sixth inning guy. I don't know. I think, I think we just not picking. No, I know. I, I understand that. I think we saw a little too much inconsistency with our bullpen last year. And, um, I don't know, get a veteran in there, someone you can trust. It's going to be a hell of a bullpen this year, especially if we can get, uh, what we think Garrett Crochet is going to be, um, if yeah. he can continue to improve. Um, and maybe we can get the old Craig Kimbrell back early 2021 or yeah, early 2021 Craig Kimbrell. I don't know. It has a lot of upside though, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, Carlos Rodon, he is a giant. Um, tough to see him go, but I think that's a good fit. Uh, the oh. Giants lost Gosman. And uh, they needed a top of the line guy to replace him. Rodon, I think, fits the profile. Um, does have an opt out after one year, so that was good on his part. Um, I'm interested to see how he does. Um, I tend to like pitchers. Me personally, if I'm signing a guy, I like the guy that have a long term better resume that I'm going to put a lot of money towards. And Rodon, to be honest. Last year was his breakout year, but it was his only year really of being above average pitcher. Yeah, I, um, I think the main concern though is his health. Can he yeah. stay healthy um, for a full one sixty two? Because he hasn't done that yet in his career. Yeah. Um, another big trade that happened: Chris Bassett uh, to the Mets. The Mets keep getting more pitchers. Um, don't really understand what the Mets are doing. They have Degrom, best pitcher in baseball. Scherzer, a future Hall of Famer, uh, they get Bassett, who before getting hit in the head with a line drive, was uh, not only an all-star pitcher, but he was getting considered for some Cy Young votes. And then they have to finish out the back of the rotation. They got guys like Cookie Cutter Carrasco and uh, Taiwan Walker. Who it's, Walker was an all-star last year. It's like you said right before we started recording, it's five guys – that will finish the season with like ERAs and like the low threes and have like six wins and 10 losses or whatever. Exactly. Um, I don't, I don't know what I, I like it. If they had some more offense, I guess. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised. They probably end up. They still have. Like, yeah. I mean, they still have Pete Alonzo. We know what he can do. Lindor is good. Um, they just had a lot of guys struggle last year. I think they're banking on the fact that those guys will come back one better James McCann looking like they overpaid for him it's just for me like I they definitely have pieces there but it's a lot of guys that get way too hot and way too cold so especially if they all get cold at the same time I mean there were many stretches where they're going like three or four games in a row of scoring one to three runs and you can't you can win some baseball games like that you can't expect to win more than you lose so that's the thing I think they're I don't know We'll see. I, they're obviously going to continue to add because they're another team that's willing to spend because they have a cool owner. But um, they also did add Mark Canna and Starley Marte this offseason. Forget too. about the Marte ad. I like that a lot. I think Marte's yeah. a really good player. So I the Mets the Mets are going to be frisky. I'm interested to see, you know, how that goes because they're going to run out of lineup probably of James McCann, Pete Alonso. Jeff McNeil, who we've seen hit over 300 a couple times. Lindor, probably have Cano over at third. What? You got Dom Smith, Marte, Brandon Nimmo in the outfield, and whoever the hell at DH. I don't know who's in their bullpen at this point. 
They act, didn't they? They just they just signed one someone like very recently. Adam Adam Adovino. Adam Adovino. Yeah. Yeah. I want to add to the Reds GM Nick Crawl, who I think is arguably the worst GM in the league because he's just a puppet. I mean, he, he is literally mm-hmm. Castellini's puppet. Said regarding the trade, we're not trying to rebuild. We'll work on the free agent markets. He specifically said that that was not a payroll move and that they will use this deal to free up resources to use on the free agent market. Mm, interesting. That makes absolutely zero sense to me. Go uh, go sign Chris Bryant. Yeah, that's you – know, like, He can hit Cincinnati. <laughs> per spot track, Ken Griffey Jr. is the sixth highest paid Reds player this season at $3.59 million. Mm, I didn't even know that he was still on the – Honestly, he might play for you guys next year. I wouldn't He'd put be past Better him. than what they have. <laughs> Winker said he got the news. He was in the cage with Joey Votto, and they were talking about TikTok. Mm. And then they got came and called out. So, better mm. ruin a fun moment, Reds. That's tough. I saw someone reply to that tweet. I just said someone said, "Prove it." Sign Carlos Correa. <laughs> I I uh, guarantee, like the the signing that they're talking about is like, I've been saying Jake Marisnik the last couple of days, but I can't now because he got signed. Um, it'll be like. I can't even think. I was like, who's like just a bad platoon player? Like, worse Andrew McCutcheon? I don't know. They'll find the, the, the signing will be someone for like $3 million that hits like Nelson Cruz. No, put him at DH. Nelson Cruz is good at baseball and he's a national. Oh, that's right. I forgot he signed. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, saying well, like, Nelson Cruz a national. Their big signing will be like some like borderline starter. I don't know who it is. They're rolling into the season with like Andrew Knapp as a backup catcher. So it's, it's all terrible. Cincinnati's been a baseball town for like 50 years and it can now officially be a football town. I think it's, yep. it's okay to call it that at this point. The, uh, the last big news, uh, the bringer of rain is going to the Bronx. That uh, was Josh, a weird trade. Yes. The Isaiah Kin, Kinfer. Kind of Falefer. Isaiah Kiner Falefer. Whatever. That era in Minnesota lasted all of like two days. So it was, uh, yeah. it was a memorable one. I want a tribute video. I love those like mm-hmm. fake tribute videos for guys that never got played. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Carmelo Anthony for the Atlanta Hawks tribute? That one was I, so- yeah. That was, I think that was my all time favorite. Was there a was there ever a Carmelo Anthony Bulls tribute video? Because I feel like that deserves one as well. Yeah, that one too. Um, I'm glad Josh Donaldson is out of the AL Central. My favorite thing of the offseason so far. Now he goes to a Yankees team with a player named Garrett Cole, who he notoriously just like hated because of the spin rate thing. So that'll be an interesting conversation. Yeah, uh, the the American League is going to be very interesting. Um, the Tigers are going to be frisky. Uh, I think the White Sox are going to handle that division if they can stay healthy. Other than that, um, I mean, twins, if they keep adding, I mean, they reportedly want to keep adding. They were in contact with Trevor Story. Yeah, uh, it really just it depends on these last couple of free agents that we don't know what's going on. You still got Rizzo, Bryant, you got uh, Freeman, Story, yeah. Correa, like a lot of still big name guys out there. And like, I don't think they're going to do it. But if the twins can get their hands on. Korea and like a Rizzo, if somehow they could do it theoretically, um, that would be a complete game change. Puts and them in a good spot. It does. Um, I it's gonna be very interesting to see. Um, the A's are going through a rebuild, Mariners are building. If the Astros lose Korea, he doesn't come back. That's a big hole they gotta fill. 
Um, the Rangers, they've been adding. I mean, they added uh, Marcus so Simeon. Those moves and, feel like oh. ages ago. I know. It, it's like I it's forgot crazy. That happened. The free agent has been separated into two parts, and you forget everything that happened before. Um, I was scrolling on Cubs Twitter, and I was pleasantly reminded that we signed Jan Gomes this offseason. And he will be, like, decent, and then he'll get hurt for, like, three months like he does every year. Probably, um, yeah. The move I am hoping to see next is, if you look at two different teams right now, Detroit Tigers continue to build, maybe could use a reliever. Reds looking to sell. You know, the commodity uh, left-handed pitchers on the market always go for a little extra, so why not send Amir Garrett to Detroit to play with his good buddy Javier Baez? That, I think, is the next big move of the offseason. Oh, my. That I mean, would be something. That, that would be a dynamic. It would? Wait, wait. I'm... To play where? I joke. <laughs> I said send Amir Garrett to Detroit to play with Javier Baez. Javier Baez is in Detroit? Yeah, that was, yeah. In, that was you didn't in know that? part one. No, I didn't. Yeah, so Tim Anderson is no longer the best shortstop in this division. I don't remember a damn thing from before the lockout. Yeah. Is there any other big moves that other than Scherzer that happened? Uh, Strowman became a Cub. Uh, Strowman a Cub. Yeah, I remember that. Corey Seager went to the Rangers. I remember Seager and um, Simeon. Simeon. I mean, Gosman to the Blue Jays. Okay, I want to see that. I, I want to see. About that. I want to see Freddie Freeman to the Blue Jays. I know it's unlikely, but like, that's. Yeah, that's I'd I'd rather I him think, there. I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um. It, it's going to be interesting. The only other baseball news left. Uh, Tatis. I don't know if you guys saw this. Tatis. Oh. Um. Hurt if you himself. Checked, if you checked our Twitter group chat, you would know that I saw it because I sent a tweet about his motorcycle accident. Oh, I. I sorry, I I had work then. Um. I yeah. Tatis got hurt. He'll be out, I think they're staying three months. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the quote. Did you send the Jesse Rogers quote? Yeah, that is the exact tweet that I sent. Okay, well. You I can read it really, off. Oh, probably not a great thing when Fernando Tatis was asked when he, his motorcycle accident happened. He responded with, which one? Um, not great. They need to add it into like his contract with like how the players – after they sign a big deal, it'll be in the contract. Yes. Like Mahomes can't Mahomes like not play like pickup basketball or something. Like yeah. they shouldn't need to make it in Tatis. I can't ride a motorcycle, which I know that sounds like such a fun killer move, but at the same point in time, like I'm sure Fernando's making just a ton of money. And obviously yeah. he's their best player and him being on the shelf for three months in what is a tough division obviously hurts them a ton. It it does. Um but I think that wraps up the hot stove. Um, we get baseball starting on Thursday. And I know it's kind of talking about the, the guys. First day of the NCAA tournament. First day of Major League Baseball spring training. St. Patrick's Day would be quite. How many, how many Shamrock shakes have you had? I have not made it out yet, but I am Neither. planning to go soon. I will go uh, on Thursday before the games begin. I heard, I don't know if any of you guys have made it there, but I did hear McDonald's has options for Shamrock Shakes now. And one of them is a Shamrock Shake with Oreos in it. Now, I don't know if you know this about me. I love Oreos. All-time favorite snack. Um, it's S-tier. They're, they're so S- It's S 
plus tier, SS, whatever. Um, if I was given the option to eat an Oreo, um, but to eat that Oreo, I would have to kill Colin. Um, I would have some serious thinking to do. Yeah, serious life thinking. I couldn't um, be mad at you. But yeah, no, that's a quick Shamrock Shake update. Well, here's but the we thing. We got into the beer. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no. You got me fired. This Shamrock okay. Shake. Okay. I used to make those back in my, you know, I, I don't like speak of these days, but back in the Culver's days, I used to make these on the regular. Every, almost every ship before I left, I'd make myself a little, little mint shake with the Oreos in it. I will be getting that if that's if if you're not if you're not BSing me, I'll get that on Thursday. I, I, I've heard something about it. I'm gonna have to heard rumblings. I probably will go to McDonald's after this. I'm sick, um, so I don't think dairy's a good idea. But we're gonna roll with the punches here. Also, I just want to say, starting this this is easily by far my favorite like two three week period of sports in the year. Starting about a week ago, um, and going through like these the second weekend of uh, the March Madness. Easily my favorite couple weeks of sports. It's nonstop. Um, we get the free agency. Oh, yeah. Here we get baseball on top of it. It's incredible. Incredible. By the what way, time to be alive. Before we move on to brackets, um, I know we talked about NFL earlier, but the Cowboys are in fact giving DeMarcus Lawrence a deal. So they retain, mm. obviously, an elite pass rusher, one that some people didn't know if he would hang around, but... I think three that's a smart move. Three for 30, you said? Yes. I think that's a smart move. I'm not. I like it. They're not going to win the division next year, but. I, I don't like hate it. the direction for them this offseason. Obviously, you get rid of Amari, but I st- I'm still confident in their receivers. It just was kind of like they had oh, last year when they were all healthy. They had Cooper, they had CD, they had Cedric Wilson, they had Michael Gallup. And it felt like since. Amari was like kind of on the depth chart, the wide receiver one. They would kind of try to force him the ball. But I think now, obviously, CD's really good and he will be the wide receiver one. But you still have three, like, all very talented receivers in CD, Cedric Wilson, and Michael Gallup. I just feel like it'll be smoother and there won't be as much, like, pressure to get Amari the ball. Because there was one point where it was like Amari was saying, I feel like I should have the ball more. So I like the direction they've taken. It was just – they didn't get a ton back, but obviously they cleared up the cap space. And – you need a defense, especially with Dak. Um, you need a defense to help him out in keeping Demarcus Lawrence. I think. Um, I obviously don't know if it came down to it, but if it was pick either Amari Cooper or Demarcus Lawrence, I think this what they've done has made a lot of sense. Yeah, you're you're not paying your wide receiver to twenty plus million. That's yeah, not a smart move for a contending team. It's a real shame that they're not going to win the division next year, though. Yeah, they're not going to win the division next year. No, they're they're building for 2023 now. Well, it's also no one wins the NFC East two years in a row. It's exactly. that logic, and it's also um, there's just no uh, chance. Yeah, there's. Uh, I, I'd pick New York over Dallas if I had to. If I had uh, to. Pick New York. No, 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 no. I'm saying I would go as far. I New York's the last team I would pick, but I'm not picking the Cowboys to win the division because it's cursed. I would mm-hmm. go if if Philadelphia and Washington got banned for an entire season. I would pick the Giants to win the division because it's no teams winning it twice. It's not happening. It's a curse. I'm bold. I don't know who you, my friend, are bold. It's not even bold. It's a curse, and I can't go against the curse. Don't fall for it. We're I not allowed it. to the Cowboys next year. Someone remind us. 
I won't forget. <laughs> write that down, write that down, write that down. Um, yeah. But regardless, it's bracket time. Ladies and gentlemen, um, it is bracket season. Uh, it's it's there's nothing good than a good bracket. We've done funny brackets, but this this is the big one. Um, now I do want to reiterate here at Tub Talks, we are going to do have another bracket. Um, winner gets a chance to be on this podcast, talk about whatever the hell they want, as well as cash prize about thirty bucks, and uh, we're really excited to do it. Especially me being the defending champion. Yes, I know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank okay, you. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, so you were the defending champ. I remember that. Yes. What, I did. And I was talking to my friends about this because I thought I won my Iowa League. Like, I'm 90% sure. But was <laughs> I, like, top three in ours? Top three or five? Because uh, I think, I think, I think pretty you good. were up there. I, I don't remember. Um, I was just so far ahead of everyone else. That I just decided to uh, forget what all the other competition was because I was so far ahead. We, That's we how I Baylor. That's for sure. Yeah, I well, I told you day one Baylor's winning. I rode with Baylor. A lot of people like Gonzaga last year. This yeah. bracket's a little different. There is not a clear cut, hands down, confident public pick in my opinion. I think the one team that you can kind of confidently say that most well-rounded team very confident they're going to make it to a final four either Gonzaga or Arizona I feel like me personally I can't trust Gonzaga um they never they never can finish it off they never can and Arizona uh my only thing against Arizona is that I actually have not seen them play one game I get that they're what thirty-one and three. Very good. Um, when you live on the East Coast, um, those eleven thirty start time games are a little tough for Pac-12. A little tough. Um, so I have not watched Arizona play. So I'm letting the public know now: Gonzaga and Arizona, I am not high. On. So outside of that, there are a ton of question marks. Is there anything you guys want to say first before you get into? We get it. I want to say, uh, okay, first of all, I want to say, I think the committee, I don't think the committee did a great job this year. I, they did not. Texas because Tech, screw, or not, think, sorry, Texas a and I think Texas a and got robbed, I believe. Um, yes. I don't know. I mean, I like Wyoming, but I think they should have made it over Wyoming. I think they should have made it. I think the committee was way too high on Michigan. A 14 loss. Yes. Oh my God. Um, it seems that the committee. Um, well, how uh, the thing I want to know is how is Indiana playing a playing game? Michigan gets into the play tournament. I don't get it. Thing. I think there's two things that they do wrong in their evaluation. <laughs> and I think one is I think they value games in December a little too much because that's where you see. Like around Thanksgiving through Christmas, you see a lot of the uh, big non-conference matchups. You see Tennessee and Villanova playing. You see a lot of these big names. And I think they value those wins. I mean, they're important, but I think they value them a little too much. Um, also, I think they don't value conference tournaments enough because we see a team Great. like 
um, we see a team like Iowa maybe who it seemed like they were a fifth seed no matter what they did in those last two games in the tournament. Um, I think it would have made sense for them and maybe other teams, uh, maybe a Tennessee. I think they should have been a two seed. That's I think I thought Tennessee should have been a two and I thought Duke should have been a four. I, th- I think so too. I think Tennessee, I would have had them above Duke for sure. And maybe even above I no, nah, because Kentucky, Kentucky has a fantastic resume, but I'd put them above Duke. Um I also don't think Baylor's a one It's tough. Um, you could have made a debate for Villanova the way they finished. Um Auburn mm-hmm. kind of struggled down the stretch. Um and Kentucky also did not make their championship game. So I think that's the reason why Baylor was stuck on the four line. And they were the yeah. last in the four seed. Yeah. Or the one seed, I should say. All right, but let's get into it. I think – do you want to start with the first four? So, yeah, we can start with the first four. Texas Southern, Texas A&M, Christian is – it, isn't that Christian. It's Christian um, something. Christian Corpy or something. And yeah, all, I don't know. Nothing about either of these schools. I don't either. And looks like the winner of that game is going to what end up playing Kansas. Uh, Kansas. Yeah, so good luck. Um, congrats on making the tournament. That's all I got to say. Next game, Wyoming, Indiana. This is interesting. Fascinating. Um, Indiana ended the year real hot. I thought for sure they were going to be a lock for the top for the round of 64. They're not. I thought Wyoming definitely had a shot to be in the top 64. I'm really high on the Mountain West. Mountain West was a phenomenal conference this year. Best I've ever um, seen. Oh, easily. And uh, uh, Wyoming just does. And you're going to see a trend um, with me picking games this year. But I like teams in this year's bracket that don't fuck up. March Madness, there's a lot of craziness going on. And there's a lot of teams that are good at a lot of things. There's a lot of good defensive teams. There's Thank a lot you, of good Captain Obvious. Look, I'm just what, joking around. Like when I look at a team like Texas Tech, Texas Tech is the best defensive team in the country, but they have trouble scoring. So that's a tough team to judge. You have a team like uh, I don't know, Villanova. Villanova, insanely good at free throw shooting. Size is a bit of an issue. Um, I don't think they're the best defensive team in the country, um, but they're coached very well. We'll we'll see. That that to me right there was another one of those like there's a guy in the draft who always falls type of quote. <laughs> that's that's how I felt right there. I get your point, but I don't know. Listen, Wyoming's a terrific team. I'm going Rutgers in this one. Uh, Ron Hopper Jr., Geo Baker, they have the ability to make uh, well, big Well, it's a shame they're not playing Rutgers. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I was moving on to my <laughs> next game. Indiana, I think the way that they finished down the stretch, they gave Iowa a run for their money. Um, Trace Jackson Davis is terrific. I don't know if they have an answer for him. Uh, Maldonado is a terrific player, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I'm thinking Indiana on in that one. I'm rolling with the Mountain West. I have to. Um, I got into a heated debate with Brett about this um, last night, so I got to stick with my guns and roll with Wyoming. I have to. Okay. 
I, I, I mean, simply that it seemed that they fizzled a little bit down the stretch, but it's they played some tough games. It's a tough physical conference. Yeah, I'm taking uh, yeah. Indiana in this one solely just because I like Mike Wilson or not Mike Wilson, uh, uh, Mike Woodson. Sorry, better. Yeah, coach. I like yeah. him a lot too. Uh, Wright State Bryant. This is an interesting one. Um, Bryant has the nation's leading scorer. They do. Um, Kiss, Peter I think, Kiss. is his last name. Peter Kiss. Yeah. Uh, did He's you averaging... see him in their conference tournament game? Did you see any of the highlights from that? I love him. Oh this my god! Man was celebrating after every single. He's the cockiest player in the league, and I think I like it. I, if he was well, playing against me, I'd hate it. <laughs> but as a fan sitting on the couch, I love it. I mean, if you average 35 points a game in Division One basketball, I think you're allowed to talk as much shit as you want. He yeah. takes it to another level. Um, I hope Bryant wins because I really want him to – I really want to see him try and talk shit to a 31-3 and three Arizona team. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with uh, Bryant. And the, the last one's – oh, Ben, do you have a pick in this one? I do not. Um, I'm one of those – like, <laughs> I, I, I'm now nowhere near as knowledgeable about this as you guys. And when I look at the first four, like, I, I can't remember the last I, – I, I know absolutely nothing about these matchups is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. The last one, Notre Dame does a lot of things well. Um, they have some big wins this year. I believe they, uh, they beat Duke. They beat Kentucky. Um, but I'm going with Rutgers. Uh, the way they battled down the stretch to fight back into their way into the tournament after a rough start to the year. Uh, like I mentioned five minutes ago on accident, they have a couple of guys that can hit big-time shots. Paul Mul- Are you familiar with Paul Mulcahy? I'm not. If you watched him, he'd be your favorite player. He's, he's Alex mm. Caruso-esque, you know, white guy mm. wears a headband, and he's mm. their glue guy. He does all the little things. Um, so I, I love me a good glue guy. Number four, you'll notice him. Uh, I encourage you to watch that game. You'd love him. Ben, Ben, write that down for a list later. Basketball uh, fans aren't going to like guys. this. Basketball <laughs> fans aren't going to like this. I'm one of those people who's like, oh, tournament starts on Thursday. And then my dad always has to remind me. He's like, oh, no, they have the, the, the first four games the night before. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I'll start watching on Thursday. Unbelievable. So, yeah, I know you guys aren't going to like that. That's just how Unbelievable. I Sorry. Uh. I Donovan, I know you listened to the part of my take today with John Rothstein on it. Yes. Um, he brought up a good idea in which all of the number 16 seeds that we have here doing play-ins, they should I think they should automatically um be in. I don't think they should have to play play-ins. They won their yes. tournaments. Oh. I would have the bottom eight um at-large teams all play in the play-ins. I think that would make for better content. Can we just make Rostin in charge of everything. I know because if you want to talk about a guy that just does not miss, um, his name is John Rost. He's awesome. Um, yeah, we sleep in we sleep in May. Sleep in May. He's such a nerd about it too, and like, oh my god, he, he's he's kind of cocky about it because he knows he that he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean he could he could name, uh, he could I, name uh, probably I the save, every I score s- of the Final Four from like. 1999 yeah i uh i saved the picture of i think my favorite john rostin quote uh three rules to live by yep. never acknowledge godfather part three never waste calories on pizza outside of the east time zone 
always foul up three late. Those are the top three rules of league. But and he tweets it out every single time there's a game where exactly three late. Um, I disagree a little bit with the pizza part, but he is the man of many many metaphors. Yes, pounding nails. Steve, (laughs) we'll get there. (laughs) All right, let's start with the West. We get to Gonzaga, the Gonzaga Georgia part of the tournament. Okay. Yes. Whatever. Whatever. How are your Reds doing? Anyway, um, we'll start with the first game. Gonzaga Georgia State. Let's be honest. I don't see any of those picked in uh, sixteen seeds. Unless you guys got something different. Nope. Nope. All right. Gonzaga no moves on. Next game. Uh, I have. I start a couple games. Not only in the first round, but for my teams moving on. This is a very compelling 8-9 matchup, uh, mostly because I think both of these teams match well against Gonzaga in the next round, Memphis and Boise State. Now, we already talked about it. I'm a big Mountain West guy. Um, I mean, most of the people on this podcast know uh, we went to school with a guy who used to go to Boise State, Ray J. Dennis, and Boise State uh, lost him to the transfer portal, and yet they got better. And um, they're still a very good team, very well coached. Um, but for me personally, I'm picking Memphis. Memphis is one of the most physical teams in the country. Um, they play good defense. Um, I think they match up well against Gonzaga, but I think they're going to end up beating Boise State. Yeah, uh, Memphis definitely has the higher upside um, of these teams. And uh, when they're playing at their best, they probably could um, really challenge Gonzaga. I think Boise State's going to beat Memphis, though. Um, Memphis, I, I believe they have the most turnovers in the country per game. Uh, that's not a good formula against Boise. They're just a little too inconsistent, despite yeah. the talent that they have. I mean, they, they have a bunch of young guys. Um, Jalen Duran's probably going to be the difference maker in this one. Uh, he could be a top 10 pick next year, but I'm taking Boise. Uh, that's Mountain West champs right there. Yes, 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 yes. Um, next game, we got UConn, uh, New Mexico State. Now, I don't know too much about New Mexico State, but I do know um, physically UConn is one of the biggest teams in the country. And now everyone kind of has their strategies when it comes to uh, March Madness, what you pay most attention to. For me, it's number one, above and all, who can hit free throws. Number two, perimeter defense. Number yeah. three, three-point shooting. Those are the top three things I look at. UConn doesn't do any of that really well, but they are very big, and they're going up against a New Mexico State team that doesn't have a lot of big players. And at that point, you just can't argue the logic behind it. I got. I went with UConn. A lot of upset potential here. Um, New Mexico State's leading scorer, Teddy Allen. He played at Nebraska last year. He averaged like 17 a game, and he's averaging, I think, 18 at New Mexico State. Um, this is a team we see a lot. They almost beat Auburn, the final four Auburn team, a couple few years ago in the first round. They mm-hmm. fell short by like a point. Um, I definitely could see it happen here, but I like UConn's guards a lot. I'm going UConn. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I took UConn here too. Make it three for three. New guys have fit on most of it already, so I'm not just going to repeat and bore everyone's time. Um, yeah. I kind of looked at it from the same way you did, Donovan, which is just like the size and physicality point. So 
And this is like that. I did very little looking into this matchup, but when like if you just look, that's one of the first things you read about UConn. So, yeah. Um, next game, Arkansas, Vermont. Now, Arkansas, uh, I have mixed feelings about. Um, they're very good. I, I Overall, I don't know how I feel about the SEC this year. Um, my kind of bold prediction is that the SEC this year is going to end up being the don't Big say Ten it. of last year. Uh, no. What? Like that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry, Ben. I, I got to be honest gonna... with you. There is a lot of good, not great out of the SEC. And I think a lot of the teams that are good, like the Auburns, like the Kentuckys, um, I mean, I guess you can throw Arkansas in there too, um, are very good teams. Um, and I think it mostly got to do because they just beat up with each other. Um, I, I don't love a lot of the SEC teams this year. Here, I'm going to be honest. Here's my thought on that. However, I am picking Arkansas. I don't love a lot of the SEC either. <laughs> a lot of the SEC teams, I don't have very – off the top of my head, there's one off the, that I'll save for later that I have going semi-far. But outside of that, I don't have a lot of SEC teams going deep into this tournament. That being said, I don't think – I feel like the Big Ten was getting a lot more, like, hype coming into the tournament last year. So I get your point. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like I don't think it's necessarily comparable because I, I feel like people know this year – that the SEC isn't like a dominant conference and they all just beat up on each other. But I think last year, like so many people were taking teams out of the big 10, whether it be Illinois or Iowa to make like final four runs off. I, I, I don't think there's a lot of teams picking an Auburn or a Tennessee to go final four this year. So yeah, that's my, I did take Arkansas in this game. Um, I, I think they're a better team than Vermont and I don't think it's going to be too much of a contest, but um, I'm not high on them particularly. This is another. I think Vermont has a great program over there. Um, I don't know exactly. Catamounts. I oh, I know the Catamounts. Oh, yeah, America East champs. Um, I Jake don't. Marsh, know the future. Jack, Jake Marsh, man. I love Jake Marsh. <laughs> Jake Marsh University. Um, there. This is the class of the America East. Uh, they make it most years out of the America East, although. I, I love it. Arkansas's difference maker is J.D. Note, electric guard, Eric, and Musselman's, Musselman's got the March magic. So I'm going with Arkansas here. I don't think, I, I don't think they can quite pull off the upset. All right. Let's start running through a couple of these a little quicker. Bama versus the winner of Rutgers-Notre Dame. This has major upset potential, mostly because Bama was a favorite by a lot of teams entering this year. Bama's been probably the most streakiest team in college basketball, at least that I can think of. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I love Bama in the first round. They're, they're well-rested. Um, they, uh, when did they lose? Did, did they lose in the round of 32 last year? They lost to uh, UCLA in an overtime yeah. game. I feel I mean, like I'm it was – I feel like they got farther than that, though. He was 16. Yeah, I, I think Collins Maybe. Right. I don't know. It was uh, – it was up there. They had a good run. Uh, I don't love their side of the bracket, but I do think Bam was going to come out if they're going to want to pick up where they left off after the tournament. I think Rutgers is going to beat Notre Dame, but I think Bama beats Rutgers. I don't Steve go pounding nails. Mm. Hammer Rutgers. Mm. Mm. Rutgers isn't home, though. I know. I know. That takes a lot of their juice away, but 
I like I, I think Rutgers I think Nate Oates is a little bit of an overrated coach. I'll mm. I'll be the first mm. I'm going Rutgers. I don't like this game a lot, like because I don't think Alabama's very good and I have them losing in the second round. I did take them here, but uh I mean, they did lose to Mizzou this year, like a 12-win Mizzou team. So that tells you pretty much all you need to know about Alabama. I mean, talking about Nate Oates, Nate's, Nate Oates is deathly afraid of Mizzou Arena. He's lost like the last like three or four times there to a not very good Tigers team. So, yeah, I don't love it, but I'm going to take them to at least get out of the round of 64. I'll, 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 I'll fire off a few quick picks here because I'll go yeah. Texas Tech over Montana State. I don't know much about Montana State. I'm going to keep real with you. They do I. Texas Tech is – I mean, they're – they're they elevate in March every year. I'm going Davidson over Michigan State. Look, everyone wants, I mean, these TV networks would love for Izzo and Coach K to match up in Coach K's last year. It's not going to happen. Davidson, the storyline here, Foster Lawyer, um, their best guard, he used to play at Michigan State. He didn't get any playing time. He transferred over to Davidson and he's electric. He's going to hit some big-time threes in this one. And Michigan State, they don't ha- really have a go-to score. I'm going Davidson, and I'm going Duke over Cal State Fullerton, even though it would be the greatest thing. I'm oh. praying for a Cal State Fullerton master class. I, you, you, I have the same thing. Texas Tech, best defensive team in the country. That's all I need to know. Um, Davidson, uh, what are they? Are they they're out of the American or the A-10? Yeah, the, the A-10. The A-10, okay, yeah. Um, Davidson, I watched that uh, that uh, game against, what was it? Richmond. Who did? Richmond, yeah. Um, they played great to the end. They kind of blew it. Um, I just – I don't love Michigan State's game plan. Their entire thing is tempo. And I think both teams in this game kind of control the clock a lot. If I had to give betting advice, um, under. Don't care the number. Go under. And then uh, – Give me Duke because Coach K is not losing the first round. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Um, this is how I, or Ben, go ahead. Um, I don't have a lot to say. I like selfishly really just wanted to see Michigan State against Duke, so that probably like selfishly played into my pick. I think that's going to be a close game. Um, the other three, Texas Tech and Duke, I think will win each by double digits, but I think Michigan State wins close. There's definitely some bias playing into that pick. And I probably will be rooting for Davidson, but I'm taking Michigan State. Okay. Michigan State's definitely the more talented team. Um, I think we have similar round of 32s for this side. Yeah. So do you want to go through that real quick? Uh, how about this? Is this is how I say we do it? We just go through the entire round of 64. How it is? Kind of give every team a little shout out, right. and then after that, we'll just go straight to the Sweet 16 and on, and then we can like kind of reiterate matchups from the round of 32 all right sounds good all right let's move on to the east region this is this is a very interesting one and i'm just letting you know ahead of time i went a lot of chalk um a lot of chalk on this um i went baylor baylor was gonna win i had marquette over north carolina uh my reasoning is and uh i just have to double check that this is a matchup um Marquette thing I didn't know was there they have experience they have a lot of guys that were with John Morant when they made a decent run a couple of years you're ago. thinking of Murray State you're thinking of Murray State 
Oh, oh shit. But they're in this bracket, so you, you're on the right page. Yeah. Why did I pick? I don't know. I, I picked Marquette. That's one of the games where I'm going to have to do a little more research on before I get official pick. This is not, by the way, not an official bracket. I will be making tweaks to this oh. until tip-off on Thursday. Okay. Um, I have Wyoming over St. Mary's. Why? Uh, strictly because of madness. I, I like Wyoming. I got to be honest with you. I like Wyoming. I think they have a shot. Um, I got UCLA over Akron. Uh, Virginia Tech over Texas. Um, Virginia Tech's hot. I, I don't like Texas. I just – I've seen them play a couple times. Not great. They give me Ohio State uh, vibes from last year where they're good, but I just think they're going to come in a little lazy. Um, Purdue over Yale. Murray State. That's, that's them. Um, I think they're going to give Kentucky a game in the second round. Maybe she's hundred percent honest with you. That's how I see. It. Okay, I, I'm With sorry. You said Murray State. Murray State is going to give Kentucky a, a good game around a 32. Okay, the way I see it, um, I got Baylor over Norfolk. I got Marquette over North Carolina. I like Justin Lewis a lot. Marquette plays with a lot of tempo. Um, they surprise a lot of people this year. I think they beat UNC. I think St. Mary's beats uh, I had Indiana. Um, St. Mary's great defensively. They just beat Gonzaga recently. Uh, I think they're still being underrated by a lot of people. They have some great players, very experienced. I have UCLA over Akron. Akron's going to – I don't know what the line is, but I think Akron's going to cover in this game. They've been playing tough, and I think they match up well. I'm going UCLA. I'm going Virginia Tech over Texas. Um, Texas, I think, is – severely underperformed this year. I think they had final four potential coming into the year um, with the roster they have and Chris Beard. Keep that in mind. It is Chris Beard, and he's he's had some great success in March. I'm going Virginia Tech. They're hot. I'm going Purdue over Yale. I'm going – I see, I hate this matchup. I hate the Murray. I hate it too. I hate it. This is one of the games – Why are hard. you making two great mid-majors go against each other instead of putting them against power six opponents? I don't get it. Uh, San Francisco, I like them a lot, and it pains me that I can't pick them in the first round. Um, they kind of live and die by the three, so I was hoping they'd get to play, you know, a, a bigger name. Uh, both of these teams have elite guard play. Uh, San Francisco rebounds well. I just – Murray State's a 30-win team. They're so good. Um, God, it's killing me. I can't think of his name right now, but um, they're leading – their best player is – very good. And you're right. They do have some of the players that played on the John Morant tournament team. Um, that KJ Williams, AJ yep. Williams, he's electric. Kevin Brown. Yeah. Both average combined 35 points a game. Yep. They have some pretty yep. damn good. I got Murray state and you're right. I think they do make it tough on Kentucky. Murray state is in Kentucky. Yeah. I think battle of Kentucky, two best battle Kentucky of, schools. I would love that matchup. Ben, give us your East. Colin and I had the exact same portion of the East. So <laughs> it's, it's yeah. pretty chalk. Yeah, I went Virginia Tech. I know like I know very little about the Texas Virginia Tech matchup, but I was just like, it's Texas and they always underperform. And I think yep. they were already like bad, but then I think Sam Allinger put a curse on the entire school as a whole when he said that they're back. So they will never be back, regardless Horns of down, the, baby. Regardless of what conference they're in. I couldn't even tell you a single player on Texas basketball right now, but that's 
Virginia. Virginia Tech is what the one ups. I guess I have Marquette over North Carolina. So Texas um, does have some good guards and they play good defense. Um, so theoretically, they should they could be dangerous. Um, I don't know. They lost to Abilene Christian last year in the first round. Virginia Tech just won the ACC. I don't like the matchup. I'm taking Vatek. Nice. All right, let's move on to the South. I'll run through it. Arizona, they're going to win. Um, Seton Hall, TCU, I got to go with Seton Hall. Seton Hall is just always a team you see every March. You don't know much about them, but you just kind of pick them to win at least a game. Um, so I'll roll with that here. This is another matchup I have starred. Houston, UAB. Oh, boy. You know about I hate it. I, I, I hate it when I saw it. Houston is a phenomenal team. Phenomenal. Um, but what is, what is his name? Jelly Williams? Jelly Walker. Jelly Walker. The most electric player in basketball. He is insane right now. Um, I'm putting a lot of stock on him. I have UAB winning. Um, it may change, though. Um, I know Houston is damn good. Uh, but as of right now, I have UAB. Next game. Uh, I have the fight in the line eye. Um, that'll be an interesting game. Uh, I think Chattanooga is uh, underrated from what I've heard. Um, Colorado State, Michigan. I, I do not know why Michigan's in this tournament. Um, <laughs> Colorado State might just be my lock of the round of 64. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I got them. I got the Vols over Longwood. Um this is another matchup I have starred, uh, Ohio State, Loyal, Chicago. Um, I'm going to learn from my mistakes last year. Do not bet against this machine. I know Ohio State's good. I'm not going to do it. And then I got Nova over Delaware. I have a I'm semi-similar to you, Donovan. Um, I took Houston because I also really want someone to upset. See, some of these picks in the round are 32. Like, I, I put way too much, like, personal bias into this. And I want someone to beat Illinois in the round of 32. So um, I want Houston to do that. So I took Houston there. That was different than what you had. Um, I am so high on Tennessee. Like, I I mean, obviously no one is really picking Longwood over Tennessee, but I just want to say that, and we'll see that as the tournament goes on. Um, I'm very high on them going into this. And then obviously, like, so Ohio State's not a bad team, but they're not good enough to pick against them and Sister Jean in the round of, of 64. I mean, I need, like – I don't remember where I had Ohio State going last year. I know it was multiple rounds, um, but it's just – I think Ohio State fans were pretty upset when they saw the first-round matchup because um, out of all – if you look at the four 10 seeds, uh, you, may have got, you may have gotten the worst one. Um, yeah. So those are just a couple of my highlights from this, from this round or this, this side of the bracket. All right, I have Arizona as well. I'll talk more about Arizona later because I have them going pretty far. TCU, I have the Horned Frogs winning, mainly just because Seton Hall um, has been without one of their top guards. Uh, Bryce He's supposed Aiken. to be back, though. I did check that. Bryce Aiken? Back. Okay, that might change things, but still he hasn't played in a while and he may not be in the flow of things. So I think, I think I'm going to go TCU here. But I, these are my favorite 8-9 matchups ever, by the way, in this bracket. They're these all, are some good ones, yeah. Um, Tough to pick. Look. I love Joey Walker. I love him. I'm going to root for him. I'm going to root for UAB, but I can't go against Kelvin Sampson and the Houston Cougars. Um, probably, a, I think he could, I think he's a top 10 coach in America. They are without, I mean, they've been without him for 
um, half the season now, but their best scoring guard, Marcus Sasser, the assassin, um, he is out for the season. Uh, this team would have much higher upside if he was playing. It's a shame. And then I have Chattanooga beating the Illini. We saw him was last year to Loyola, Chicago. Wow. Chattanooga, they they won game of the year to make the tournament. Did you see the game-winning three they had against Furman? I encourage you to go watch it if you haven't. Game of the year, uh, best ending to a, of, to a game this year. Um, and one thing you'd love about him is they play good perimeter defense. They hold their opponents to 30% from three. I just – my only thing against them is sometimes you just – you can't fight logic. They have no one who can stop Kofi Cockburn. Well, I mean, I yeah, I understand that. Uh, neither does Iowa. And they found – I mean, they found a way to compete with Illinois. They should have beat them. Uh, I think it's possible. I think Chattanooga is going to win this game. I, I need, need to pick some upsets, and I love this team. I love Malachi Smith and their guards defensively. Um, and Illinois maybe without Gra- uh, Grandison, one of their best three-point shooters. I'm going Chattanooga here. I'm going Colorado State. I encourage you. I know. I uh, are you familiar, David Roddy, Colorado State's best player? You'd love him. He's a big man. You know, he's got some pub on him. Uh, mm. He's he, all-American talent. I think him and that defense wills him past Michigan. Uh, I have Tennessee winning. They're on fire. Loyola, Chicago. The tournament sweethearts, I got them winning against Ohio State, who's been slipping lately. And I got Nova over Delaware. I feel bad for Delaware that that's who they got to play. But um. Yeah. All right, Midwest. I don't know about you guys. Um, this one was the toughest region for me to pick, without a doubt. The Chaos. toughest. Because, honestly, I don't like a lot of these teams. And you are going to find out how crazy I got. Um, but – I went Kansas. I had to pick Kansas. Um, tough. I going back and forth uh, constantly between San Diego State and Creighton. San Diego State, a phenomenal defensive team. Like I said earlier, I love the Mountain West, but I still want Creighton. Creighton, very similar to Seton Hall, where it's you see them, you got to pick them at least one game. I feel like um, Iowa Richmond, tough game. Tough game. Um, I'm a big Richmond Spiders guy. Uh, I did go Iowa. Um, I don't love Iowa going deep into this tournament. Um, I think I saw – I forget who said it, but there was definitely some good points to be made that those kind of final uh, Sunday conference championship games um, when teams, you know, are playing in those, it's tough to then turn around a couple days later and play. You're playing up against teams that have – at least like a week and a half off. Hey, man, they played um, four games in four days. Adam, yeah, it's, it's tough. Although, no excuses because Richmond did the exact same thing. This is true. This is true. But I'm going with Iowa. Um, Providence, South Dakota State. I have a star with this game because I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Because um, everyone, everyone hates Providence. And I was one of the few that backed Providence. I think – Playing in close games is very important. Uh, they got that Bynum kid who can shoot the lights out of the building. South Dakota State, I think, is the worst matchup you could have against them. South Dakota State is the best three-point shooting team in the country. They're, they're up there in free throw shooting, and they're not bad defensively. And Oh, yeah, they're 30-4. and four. South Dakota State's beating Providence, and I hate it. I hate it. 
um because i really thought providence was gonna have a shot at the final four this was just a terrible matchup lsu iowa state honestly i don't know much about either of these teams and i hate this matchup this is my boycott game of round 64 i do not care for either of these teams give me the 11 seed because i need more upsets speaking of upsets Colgate over Wisconsin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I say it because Colgate was the team I fell in love with last year, and I was convinced they were going to beat Arkansas. I was convinced. And they almost did. They came back at the end. Colgate's another team that can just shoot the lights out of the building. Um, I think they're going to do it again. Wisconsin. Jordan Davis did not play well in the uh, loss in the Big Ten tournament. I think that could potentially haunt them. Um, they're going to have to rely a lot on uh, Matt Davidson, who is 35 years old, I think. Um, he has not stopped playing there. Um, so He's on the Bohannon tier. Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> I got to go with Colgate. They're, they're my team. I got I to gotta represent USC, um, mostly because the Pac-12 did good last year, so I'll pick him again. And then Auburn because of – the the one dude uh jabari smith yeah jabari possible, smith possible number one pick yeah um i guess i can go through some highlights for this side of the bracket um i went with Creighton for the exact same reason that you did donovan i mean it's not the exact same but you mentioned this like it's just one of those teams where you just see them in there and you have to pick them at least one time in the bracket there was zero like knowledge for me going into this matchup um, I really like Iowa right now, um, and I yeah, that was a tough pick because I think um, I'm also one of those people that puts a lot into, like, name value, and I think Richmond Spiders is one of, like, the coolest names in all of college basketball. Like, I think that is awesome, but cool I took Iowa. Um, the other one I spent a lot of time on was Wisconsin-Colgate. I took Wisconsin. I don't have the balls to take Colgate, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I very well could see it happening. Um, that's that has a lot of potential so and I also I don't like Auburn like at all right now I think they're going in on a bad note um, I think they had a really hot start and they kind of fizzled out they were winning a lot they were doing they were doing really good at home and then they were winning road games they were winning really really close on the road um, especially against inferior SEC competition so like I don't think Auburn's a bad team but I don't think they're as good as a two seed so I don't see them like making a run past I think the Sweet 16 this year. I got yeah. Kansas, the Jayhawks. I have the yeah, San Diego State Creighton, terrific matchup. Creighton almost won the Big East tournament. San Diego State almost won the Mountain West tournament. Um, San Diego State, they're so good defensively. Uh, and what's his name? Matt Bradley uh is a I mean, he's so key for them. He's their one guy that can go out and hit big shots when you need them. Uh it's I, I think the reason I'm taking San Diego State, Creighton turns the ball over a decent amount. And when you do that against a team that's that good defensively, I'm going San Diego State. Iowa Richmond. Richmond has a six-year senior at center that looks kind of like Donovan. So I mm. I I like him and I, I was rooting for him in their tournament, but they're not gonna beat Iowa. Iowa's hot. South Dakota State over Providence, baby. They shoot 45% from three. Uh, Providence is kind of – they have – how many wins? It doesn't even say. They have around like 25 wins. 
they kind of broke analytics this year because analytics say they're not supposed to be good, but they won a lot of games. So they're 25 and five and they're 11 and two in games decided by like four or five points. Yeah. They play a lot of close games. Ken Palm says they're the luckiest team in America based on analytics. Uh, I'm going South Dakota state. Like you said, bad matchup. I still think Ed Cooley could win coach of the year um, for the job he's done. Bad matchup though. Going LSU over Iowa State. LSU is another team that you said you like teams that play great perimeter defense. That's LSU. Yeah, but you just hate Iowa State. But they also just can't score the ball. I think in the game they lost to Texas Tech, they didn't score 40 points. Mm. Um, I'll look into that. I'm boycotting that game. They really have one guy that can score the ball, and he's even inconsistent. So this this could be a 40-35 to ball game. I got Wisconsin over Colgate. Johnny Davis, he's built for March. Um, you, I got USC over Yeah, nine. but he disappeared in the Big Ten tournament. I think Wisconsin easily could win the Big Ten. And Which if they why, did. He shouldn't have been Big Ten player of the year, but that's a different discussion for a different day. Um, should we just stay in the Midwest since we're already there? So I, how about we do this? We'll just go straight into the Elite Eight. You list right. off your eight teams. All right. I'll start. I'll start. In the West, I have Gonzaga. Um, and Texas Tech, I have Tech beating Duke, Gonzaga beating UConn. Um, so you can see how I have things lined up there. East, UCLA and Kentucky. I have UCLA beating Baylor, and I have Kentucky beating Purdue. Um, I think UCLA is built for a big run. They returned a lot of guys. Um, they almost won the Pac-12 uh, championship. They, they're in a good spot, and I like the region they're in to make it back. Um, I have Arizona and Nova, uh, pretty chalk. I had the top four teams in that region uh, making the Sweet 16. I just got Arizona and Nova, pretty simple. And then, oh, baby, oh, baby, you're going to find out my sweetheart, my favorite team of the tournament. I have Auburn going up against – the Jackrabbits, baby. Where's the camera? The Jackrabbits. South Dakota State, welcome to the Elite Eight. I'm maybe, going. That's interesting. And maybe further. That's very interesting. I have uh, Gonzaga beating UConn and Texas Tech beating Duke. I think the same that you had. I think Coach K ends the Texas Tech. That's a good, that's a bad matchup for Duke. And I think it's hilarious that they have to play on the West Coast. Gonzaga, I have UConn beating Arkansas uh, and Gonzaga beating UConn. UConn, I like the structure of their team um, with Adama Sanogo and their guards. I'm going Gonzaga to beat them. Gonzaga has some great wings. Um, uh, and then, obviously, Chet Holmgren, Drew Timmy, they have experience. I'm going Gonzaga. Um, and I'm going Gonzaga to beat Texas Tech in mm-hmm. the update. Um, I don't think Texas Tech – has the – I think they need a guy that can go and get you buckets late in games. I don't know who that is. I'm going UCLA to beat Baylor down in the east, I believe. I have mm-hmm. UCLA to beat Baylor. Uh, like you said, they bring a lot of experience back from last year's Final Four team. I have Kentucky beating Purdue, same as you. That one I was going back and forth on. I feel like Purdue should be better than they are, but Kentucky with their guards – uh, Ty Ty Washington, Severe Wheeler, uh, and I think maybe National Player of the Year, Oscar Chibwe. 
I think it's a good matchup for them. He can get boards. He can box out Zach Eady and Travion Williams. I'm going Kentucky. Uh, and I'm going Kentucky to beat UCLA to advance to the final mm. four. Oscar Chibwe, man. Here's the thing with UCLA. Johnny Juzang is not as hot as he was going into the tournament last year. Um, he just came back from injury not too long ago. I think still readjusting. And uh, Jaime Jaquez is their go-to score right now. I'm going Kentucky over UCLA Elite Eight. Other side, I have Arizona beating Houston. Um, again, I don't think Houston quite has the offensive firepower to beat in Arizona. Uh, I'll, and then I have Villanova beating Tennessee. Villanova, they have the best free throw percentage in D1 history. That'll help them late in games. Jay Wright is probably my favorite coach in, in the country. I'm going Villanova to beat Tennessee. And Colin Gillespie is a hell of a player. He's the perfect point guard. I think he's I, getting up there on that Brad Davidson, uh, Jordan Bohannon discussion. Yeah. Is he missed? I think he's about 40. He missed the tournament last year. It was sad. Yeah. It's so good to have him back. Iowa is beating Kansas to advance to mm-hmm. the eight. I, they're so high right now, and I hate that everyone's picking them, but how could I not? This is the one year I'm going to be able to pick Iowa to go this far, so I'm, I'm taking advantage of it. Uh, Kansas, I mean, they're a great team, terrific team, but they have their issues – and Iowa's hot right now from Keegan Murray, the best player in the country, um, to the those guards, the way they're playing, Tony Perkins, I'm going to Iowa. I'm going to Auburn to beat Wisconsin. Both of those teams can be very inconsistent. I don't love either of them, and that's why I'm picking Iowa to beat Auburn. Mm-hmm. I don't – again, this is the only year I can do this. I'm, I'm taking full advantage. Iowa's the hottest team in the country, not named Arizona. I have them making the final four. I have Auburn. I wouldn't beat- even say that. Isn't South Dakota State won 20 games in a row? Yeah, but it's in the, what, summit? In the summit? So, I mean, yeah, you can make an argument for them too, but they just – They haven't lost a game in – They're not talented Four months. They're not talented Four months. The Big Ten champs. We'll find out. Is it finally my turn? Yes. (laughs) Finally? Okay, there we go. Um, So, let's see here. So, top – I know you guys both didn't have Duke getting to this point. Um, I can't see the Coach K farewell run. Like, this is another thing that's just not, like, stats-based. I have Gonzaga. Can we also agree Duke. he's going to pull Brady? No. Uh, I don't think so, no. I found it was really funny that he wanted to be in the region, like, closest to, like, home, and they went and put him in the West. I thought that was funny. Um, I have Gonzaga Duke here, uh, and I have Gonzaga winning and getting to the Final Four there. The East, um, I think you had the same – maybe both of you had the same here. UCLA against Kentucky. Um, I have Kentucky beating UCLA in this one. Um, pretty standard so far. And then in the South, I have Arizona winning it, but I have Arizona playing against Tennessee. I know neither of you had Tennessee, but I have Tennessee with the upset over Villanova. Um, I think Tennessee's a pretty good team. I think Kennedy Chandler, the freshman guard there, has had a fantastic season. I know the SEC isn't great um overall but i still think tennessee is a good team i don't have them beating arizona but i have them getting to this point and then arizona eventually knocks them off and then i have iowa winning to round that out at the bottom so i mean i know at the top i can say i duke one and two like that's pretty pretty easy but the rest of them i do have some interesting ones i mean you, you go uh kentucky over number four ucla and then like i really wanted to just ride tennessee all the way to the final four but i think arizona is good enough to beat them so I have uh, moving on to my final four: Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, and Iowa. Same, same four. 
Mm-hmm. Um, do you, we're kind of tight on time. I, I'll just round mine out here. Okay. I have Gonzaga beating Kentucky in the final four. And unfortunately, I have Arizona beating Iowa. This is a hell of a matchup. I don't know if you know, but Tommy Lloyd, first-year coach for Arizona, he could be the first coach to ever win a championship in his first season. Um, And he used to be an assistant for Mark Few at Gonzaga. So big storyline there. Prodigy versus whatever. Um, Benedict Matherin, Arizona's guard, uh, I think he's going to be the – player of the tournament he's going to get hot they have elite guard play they have the size advantage with uh coloco and tubulus um they're number one in the country in assists they play beautiful basketball um they're great offensively they're very good defensively um i mean with gonzaga you do have the dominating bigs you have the good wings they're number one in offense but it wasn't a weaker conference they're playing i think better defense than they did last year and these are the two highest tempo teams in the league. So this could be a very high scoring national championship, but I have Arizona doing it. I think Arizona is the best team. They're the hottest team. They're the most complete team. Arizona is your national champions. I'll make mine pretty quick. Um, I had Kentucky versus Arizona moving on to the national championship game. Um, I think Kentucky is going to get hot. Um, it's been a while since they've been in this spot. And I think they get hot. And I think Arizona is also really, really good. But overall, I will have Kentucky as my national champion for this year. Um, there's really just not a whole lot to it. So I have the, I have the least analysis out of the three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I went kind of chalk throughout the whole tournament, um, which is for two guys that know me very well, um, is probably the craziest thing. I love a good upset. Um, but here are my upsets. Final four. No number one seats. Texas Tech knocks off Gonzaga. Best best defensive team. Defense wins championship. Remember that. Um, I have UCLA beating Kentucky. UCLA's been there, done that, man. They're really good. I think uh, uh, what's his name? UCLA dude. Juzang Hawkins. Juzang. Juzang. I think he's gonna get hot again. He's gonna. Uh, Tiger Campbell is a hell of a point guard. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I have Villanova over Arizona. I love, I love me a good free throw shooting team. And I get to pick the best free throw shooting team of all time with yep. honestly, Jay Wright. We're going to have to start throwing in conversation. One of the best coaches out there ever, ever easily. And then, uh, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Jack rabbits. Final four. That's right. You heard it. I I don't like any of the big name teams. I don't. I have a 13 seed in the final four. Call me crazy. I hate Auburn. I really do. I get they have uh, Jabari Smith, future number one overall pick. Um, it, they're just not well-rounded. You look at other teams in this region, Kansas, good. Um, but any other year, I don't think they're a number one seed. Um, you have Iowa, which I honestly, my argument against, against Iowa is that they're going to get burnt out. And then you have Wisconsin. I think that's another situation where they're probably going to get burnt out. John Davis gets in a foul trouble. Do you trust, you know, Matt Davidson to carry that whole team and then the one freshman to keep chucking up threes? I don't know. Chucky Hepburn. I, Chuck, the, problem, yeah. the problem with Auburn is just the inconsistent guard play. 
Yeah. Uh, you guys, you got guys like Katie Johnson, that Wendell Green, who can shoot from the moon, but very inconsistent. Jabari Smith might bail him out in some of these games, which is why I have them in the Elite Eight. And um, yeah. Walker Kessler is really good. They're, they're, they're going to block a lot of shots. They have really good bigs. Um, but the guard play is going to kill them at some point. Look, to give you an idea of how I feel about Auburn, I have Auburn Colgate in the Sweet 16. And it took everything in my power not to pick have a Colgate <laughs> South Dakota State. The, Ra- the, the Raiders. It they took have, everything in my power to not have a 13, uh, what is it? A 13 14 seated matchup in the lead eight. Um, but I have a Nova UCLA national championship. Give me the free throws. I want all the free throws. All the free throws. Give me Villanova. As at, much as you at, joke about also, it, by the way, it's huge. Blatant games. Villanova gets into 20 to 1 odds to win the national championship right now. 21. That's not bad. Uh, South Dakota State, trust me, I checked. 300 to 1 odds. But hammer it. Also, don't forget they have the they have the Archidiakono magic. They have his younger brother on the team right now. You're just giving me more of a reason to make them as my national championship. South Dakota State, you're my sweetheart for the tournament. But awesome. I think that's going to wrap up this episode. I know Ben's really got to go. Um, remember, we are going to tweet out the bracket pool. Please join. Free to enter. One bracket entry per person. Winner not only gets 30 bucks, but gets to be on the podcast to talk about whatever the hell they want. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to join us for our next episode where I will then get to discuss the Reds trading more players away for absolutely nothing in return. So um, there you go. (laughs) I'm excited to go on with the rest of my evening and continue to uh, just see sad stuff on Reds Twitter. Tough. All right. We will see you in the next episode. Peace out.